I felt the Lord say to me tonight that before He's going to bring the masses, He first wants to set us alight because they're going to come to the burning bush. They're going to come to a burning bush. They're going to come to a people that are on fire for Christ, a people that are sold out for Jesus. And that's what this weekend is about. It's about, it's about the Holy Spirit touching our hearts. It's about, it's just been so, so many amazing things happening in the last few weeks. We had a, our life group on Wednesday. The people around the table were just sharing their encounters with God and how Jesus flipped them after one, just one encounter with him. And so that is our prayer, that Jesus will touch every heart here tonight. So I want to I share three things over this weekend. Revival flows forth from the cross. So on the next slide, you see the cross. Revival flows from the cross. Tomorrow morning, I want to share that revival flows from the presence of God. And tomorrow evening, I want to share that revival flows forth from changed hearts. And you see, this is what blesses me about God. And if you read the scriptures, just one person, just one person whose life gets flipped is the gateway. To see communities and cities and even nations changed. Go read the stories. Go read the stories of history, of revivals over the nations, over the ages. It was one person or a few people catching fire. 120 in the upper room. So let's say it, I'm catching fire tonight. Why, why am I asking you to say these things? I want you to put the word in your mouth so that faith will be released. Because faith is the key to connect with the power of God. You see, revival is now when someone believes. When one person believes, revival comes because the kingdom comes. The kingdom is at hand. And so the cross. I want you to listen with your heart tonight. What is that? 2,000 years ago, this was a symbol of death and destruction. It was a symbol of death. It, br it brought terror. It brought terror to people. The Roman Empire used it as an iron fist to bring terror and fear to nations. And it wasn't only a symbol of death. It was a source of death. People died on that cross. And then something beautiful happened. Jesus came. And he transformed that symbol. From a symbol of death to a symbol of life. And not only a symbol of life, but a source of life. And I believe that's what God's going to do tonight in our lives. Every one of us have areas of our lives, times of the, in, in the past where they, 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 the disappointments, they were the so-called like death in our lives. Bad things happen, disappointments, fear, failure, things like that. The power of the cross turns that around. That is the power of the cross. It turns that around. The shadow of death. I'll read the scripture to you in a moment. But I felt this, this evening, we're going to pray for sick people at the end of this meeting. I felt specifically that there might be people here with eye problems for more than 10 years. Eye problems. And I feel the Lord wants to heal you tonight. So at the end of this message, I'm going to, I'm going to ask 
Some of you, if you have got eye problems, vision problems, I'm trusting that Jesus is going to heal you. So death. Death comes in all forms. All types, all forms. You know, if we lose a soccer match, or the box lose, then feels like death for those who love sports. Who likes sports? You know, but when Bafana Bafana again doesn't make a World Cup, that depresses us. <laughs> or again, fail in the African Cup of Nations, then it, it, it feels like if you're really into it, it feels like some, something inside has died. And we're depressed for a week or two. But death comes in different forms. Some of you might have lost a dog. And for you, that's a death. It's, like, it's, a, it's a massive crisis. An animal died. You, were so, you loved this animal so much, and it affected you. Some of us lost a family member in the past, and that was a, it was, it was a crisis in our lives. But there's the there's shadow of death that rests upon every human being. Have you, have you looked at your shadow? Can't see my shadow so well now. It's over there. But your shadow follows you all the time, everywhere you go. It's a reminder that the shadow of death rests upon humanity. In this community and in East London, there's a shadow of death that's resting on so many lives. So much brokenness, broken relationships, broken hearts, disappointments, failure, fears, addictions. It's the shadow of death. And if we're honest... If by the grace of God, we will awaken to the reality of how frail we are. Walk across the street, the car hits you, it's game over. Stand in the bath, slip, cheers. Hit your head, goodbye. We are that frail. Just something small like that, hit your head, boom, gone, cheers. And we move on. But where will we move to? Where will we move to? But there's the shadow of death that rests upon our lives. And for many of us, in our past, we've gone through things that still, it's like, it still casts a shadow in us. Disappointments, broken relationships, things we did, sins we committed, that we're still ashamed of. Death, the shadow of death, the shadow of death that rests upon us. So look at this verse, Matthew 4, verse 16. It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. A light has shined. That, that light is Jesus. That speaks about Christ. A light has shined. So over these three services, I want to share with you some of the stories, some of the things that, that, uh, that we have been through that, that has transformed our lives. Uh, a few years ago, many of you know the stories, but in 2012, we, we saw what three or four people healed. And before that, we, my wife and I, we went through a massive crisis for about three years. She really battled to sleep. So I prayed for her literally hundreds of times at the in night. I would be up. I would pray for her as a Jesus. So she would not be able to sleep. And she would, I, I thought I had to book her in in a... Almost like a crazy place, crazy house. She, she was losing it. She was, 
She was absolutely losing. It was destroying our family. It was like the shadow of death was resting upon us as a family, resting upon our family, resting upon our marriage, resting upon our lives, resting upon my wife. And I was praying for her so many times, and I, I came to the realization I do not know the power of God. I believe He's powerful, but I don't know His power. And there are many of us here that are in the same boat. We believe God is powerful, but we haven't seen his power work in us and through us. And so in 2012, the, the Lord gave us our breakthrough and, and healed my wife's skin as well. And at the end of 2012, I felt the Lord saying he's going to pour out healing. He's going to a supernatural outpouring of healing that's going to come. They're gonna, it's going to come a time where everybody in the service is going to get healed. And we've encountered moments like that. It's just like God is just moving and working and doing phenomenal things. And so in 2013, we went to uh, India. And we only had four people healed in that previous year. And so this one night, so I've never seen the power of God. And I, I, I want to share this. Why am I sharing this? Because I'm sharing the story to increase your faith. And so that God can do the same here in us. Touching our hearts, touching our bodies, setting us free. So I was in this meeting. It was Hindu, mostly Hindu people. It was a small little venue. They were all out the, 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 standing into the street. Poor people. But hungry people. Hungry people. Thirsty. You see, they, they want God. And so I remember we was, I preached and I prayed for the first two people and nothing happened. And, I, and they were queuing, like queuing, like, if you don't know, there's a lot of people in India. <sighs> there's a lot of people in India. So they were queuing. And I was praying for the first two and then nothing happened. I thought there's going to be a very, very long night. And the next moment, the next person I prayed for was a little boy. Put on the photo of this little boy. Now he's smiling there. But he wasn't smiling at the start. He just stood opposite me. His mom was next to him. And his eyes were dark. There was like no one home. It was like dark. And he was mute. He has never spoken in his life. About what? Eight years old? Around there, seven or eight years old. He's never spoken. I asked his mom. And when I saw this boy, I thought of my own child. And it just broke my heart. It broke my heart. It broke my heart. It's like a tears in my eyes. And I, I went on my knees before him. I looked him in the eye. I said, Jesus, touch him. Touch him. And as I prayed for him, I could see his eyes change. It's like the darkness went. And then he spoke for the first time in his life. I said, say hallelujah. And he said, hallelujah. Amen. I said, say amen. And he said, Amen. Man, I was so blessed. I was so touched. And from that moment onwards, it was like, <clears throat> Jesus was just touching people and healing people and touching lives. And these people were so hungry. They're so thirsty for more of God, to have a touch from the living God. And that night I realized again, I think one of our biggest problems in our culture is we're not hungry for God. We're not desperate. Hey, we can go to the hospital. We can do this. We can do that. We, we're not desperate. But I could see in these people's eyes, I could see in this mom's eyes, this, she's, please help. 
That changed my life. That that night, I went. We went back to the place we were staying, and I was like, "Wow, God, this is amazing. This is beautiful." And I, I remember the Lord said to me, "I've given." everything to you. I was like asking God, what gifts have you given us? And the Lord said to me, I have given everything to you. Why? Because he is with us. And when he is with us, we have everything. And I know that God is drawn to the thirsty and the thirsty are drawn to God. And if there's one thing that happens this weekend is that we become thirsty in our hearts for him. Not for religion, not for nice services and sing along and going through the motions. But God, we want to see you. This nation needs you. East London needs you. We need you, Jesus. But it begins with a hungry people, a thirsty people who are willing to make a sacrifice. And I know about a year ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, pursue revival. And whatever it takes, sacrifice it. Put off the TV. Put these things off. Just pursue me that I may live in you and and manifest my glory through you. So may God give us supernaturally a thirst for him. That draws us to our knees. Draws us to the word. Draws us to pray. Draws us to make sacrifices. Draws us to that place of God. Whatever it takes. Just do it. Just let's let's say it. Say it. God do it. Do it in me. Make me thirsty. Make me thirsty. This is my prayer. That the Holy Spirit would touch our hearts. And that we would awaken from our slumber. Because we are asleep. The body of Christ is asleep. It's so beautiful. This one man, beginning 1900s, 1905. He was crying. This one guy, young man. I think it was 17, 18, 19, or maybe 20. One day, he was crying out to God in Wales. And he was saying, God, the church, the people of God, Lord. He, was, he went to bed with his cry in his heart. And around 1 o'clock, 1.30, he was woken up. And he was in the presence of God, face to face, as with Moses was with God. And about four hours, God was sharing his heart with this man. And around five o'clock in the morning, he says, then it felt like he came down back to earth again. But he had this God encounter for four months, every night, every night, four hours face to face with God. And the Lord told him there's a revival coming. The kingdom is coming. Lives will be transformed, not just Wales, but the rest of the world. And then revival broke out. This one man was a catalyst. 100,000 people came to Christ. They would worship in one town where the presence of God was there. They would worship and walk to the other town. And as they crossed the border, then the presence of God would fall upon that town, that city. And people will come to Christ and lives would be changed. That is revival. And from that, the Pentecostal movement began, which is now about 750 million people in 100 100 years. 750 million people that have experienced the Holy Spirit all started there with one man that had a face-to-face encounter with God. But he was thirsty. He was hungry. He was, God, I need you. Let's say it, God, I need you. God, we need you. We need you. We need you. And so my grandfather, he was a 
professor in surgery, and he uh, didn't believe in God. He was an atheist, and he had a near-death experience. He, was, he died in the hospital. He had a heart attack, and then later he, he died. And when he died, he, suddenly his spirit was sitting against the ceiling of that operating area. And he was looking down on the nurses and the doctors, and they were trying to resus him, and they were using the defibrillator to get him back to life. And then they got him back to life, and his spirit came down. My atheist grandfather was no longer an atheist. The spirit realm is real. The spirit realm is real. Heaven and hell is real. Life or death is real. But we need to awaken to its reality. What will happen to you tonight if you die? Where are you going? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you truly surrendered your life to Jesus? So anyway, so death comes in different forms. Death comes in terms of eternal death, eternal separation from God, like in hell. Death also comes physically. When our bodies are in massive pain, there's death working. It's a reminder that you're going to die one day. And then death can also be in our souls. I remember as a young man, I hated myself. I despised myself. I had death on my soul. And Jesus has come to set us free. What happened at the cross? Just put the cross image up again. What happened at the cross? Do you know that when they whipped Jesus, it was a, a whip with these leather parts, strips, had metal balls on it, and also probably pieces of bone. The metal balls would cause damage would bruise the skin so more blood would go there. And then the pieces of bone would rip open the flesh so that he would, the, the person would bleed more. So the, the, it was a, a terrible way. That it, his, his whole body was ripped to shreds. And then he went to the cross. And they say that you, you have to go up and down just to breathe. You can't just stand I mean, obviously they put the nails through the hands and the, and the feet. And they would probably have to go up and down, up and down just to breathe. Now imagine with your back ripped to shreds. The pain, the unbelievable pain he had to go through. And he didn't take any uh, of the other stuff to, to, to lessen the pain. He, he wanted to go through it because he was going through it for us. But think about this for a moment. God the Son, Jesus in heaven, he waited until the Roman Empire created, designed the most ruthless, most painful method of killing and torturing a human being. And then the son comes as a baby, grows up, and dies in our place. Isn't that amazing? Such love. Such amazing love. Jesus took all of that on upon him. He was, he was shamed. He, he died in all three parts of his being. He died physically. He died in terms of his soul, in the sense of all the shame and the guilt. And also he died spiritually, because when he cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? That was the worst moment when he was separated from his eternal communion with his heavenly father that was the worst moment all the sins of mankind came to rest upon him that was the worst moment that was when darkness rested upon the earth and he did that so that you and i can experience life in our soul in our spirit in our bodies and then we may know how much he loves us 
He loves us beyond anything we can imagine. He came to prove it to us. But revival flows from the cross. That is the victory. Jesus won the ultimate victory right there over death, over sin. When he hung on that cross and he said, It is finished. Just say, It is finished. He said that, It is finished. And then he died. But what was he saying? He said, it is finished with sin. The sin in your life, Jesus has dealt with it at the cross. The pain, the shame, the guilt, the physical infirmities, it is finished. He won it at the cross. He won it at the cross. Let's just say it. He won it at the cross. You see, but if that is just a theoretical thing for us, we will never experience the fullness of God. Because it's only through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes that victory on the cross, like a, picks it up like a hand. The the Holy Spirit's the hand of God. The Holy Spirit comes and takes that cross and then imparts it into our lives. Sickness, be gone. Sin, be gone. Be healed. Be set free. It is the Holy Spirit that comes and takes it and democratizes it, releases it. Over a community, over a church, over a people. It's the Holy Spirit that infuses us with that victory. That is real revival. Revival is when that cross becomes a living reality for every one of us. Just say, he's won it. He's won it. He's won it. He's won it. He's won it at the cross. And so when Jesus did ministry on the earth, on every level he opposed death. Think about it. When he did his ministry, he opposed, he opposed, he opposed death on every level. If there was sickness, he healed them. If there was leprosy, he healed them. If there was death, he raised the dead. And if they were leprous, he didn't just heal them. He also touched them to say, I love you. I I, want to touch your heart also, not just only your physical body. And this is key. We need to get a revelation of what Jesus did at the cross. Jesus took a symbol of death and transformed it into a source of life. And he wants to do the same with your life. Think about the worst in your life. The worst thing that's ever happened to you. The worst. The most disappointing. The most shame in your life. Through the cross, God takes that and he turns it around and he makes, makes it a, a, a victory. Amen. Say amen. <laughs> so this is what Jesus did. He came and he completed his victory on the cross over death when he was raised on that third day. And I feel the Lord has said to me that they are, when Jesus died on that cross and, the, and those And there was was an earthquake that hit the ground. There was an earthquake. The world, the earth shaked. And I felt the Lord say to me, there's a, you know what brings a tsunami? An earthquake in the middle of the ocean. An earthquake goes off and it releases this wave. These waves, massive waves. I believe there are these massive waves of the Holy Spirit coming to overflow, to flood our lives. And what happens is when the Holy Spirit is present, God takes that victory and imparts it into that scenario. Amen. So about two years ago, we were in our other venue. And uh, 
I was just sharing testimonies of people that have been healed and lives that have been touched. And at the end of the service, I felt God, the Holy Spirit, tell me that there's an anointing here for healing right now. And so it was Roselda's mom, one of the ladies in church. Her mom was there. She's had back pain, massive back pain for like 20 years. She was like squirming in her chair. She has lost, uh, she had pins and needles in her hands. She had to get a, uh, an operation in the next few weeks. And when I just shared, I feel there's an anointing here for healing. She felt like a fire running up and down her spine. And she was healed that same day. She had control back. The nerve problems were gone. Didn't have the operation. I understand she was running around like a child. She wasn't a child at that, at that, ta- at that stage. Amen. But what happened there was the Holy Spirit came and took the victory of the cross and imparted it into someone's life right there. Amen. And I felt the Lord say to me, the cross My people are still trying to win a battle. I've already won for them. We're still asking God to do things He already did at the cross. It's done. All you and I need now, we need the the presence of God in our lives, the Holy Spirit in our lives. I went this morning to a young man in in the hospital, and uh, he had a stroke. He could hardly, his arms were affected, his legs were affected. He's been in ICU for like, a month almost, I think. I prayed for him. Prayed for that the Holy Spirit would come. And I asked him, what is he feeling? He said he felt like a heat over his chest. And then I asked him, okay, now move your legs, move your arms. And then suddenly he could do things he couldn't previously do. He could lift his arms. He could, he could go this like this with his legs. He said he couldn't do that before. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. All he's looking for is for his presence to come and rest on us as we become hungry and thirsty for more of God. So I want to read this verse, Numbers 21 verse 9, just in terms of this whole truth. Of the bronze snake. So what happened is the Israelites were rebellious. They were complaining. They were full of nonsense. And God was like, I've had enough. And so... These snakes came into the camp and people were being bitten by these snakes and they were dying and they were crying out to Moses, Moses, help us. We're sorry. Forgive us for what we've committed, for what we've done. And then God went to, Moses went to God and said, God, what can I do? What must I do? And the Lord said, make a bronze serpent. Put it on a pole and whoever looks at it will come to life. So it says this. So Moses made a bronze serpent. He put it on a pole And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, say looked at, looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So it's exactly the same thing that happened there. The serpent was the symbol and the source of death, but God used the symbol of death and he made it a source of life for whosoever. And when they looked at that cross, when they looked at, at at the snake... They were healed. John chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. Do you want to share this as well? You may see it. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in Him, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, should not experience death, but have everlasting life. But he said, if the son of man is lifted up on that cross, and I believe still if Jesus is lifted up in our lives, God will draw people to himself. And he will turn the symbols of death into symbols of life in our lives. And so we were in Brazil recently. And the Lord spoke to me the one night and he said, pray that the whole person, the whole person be healed. Not just the physical, but the whole person. And then we were praying for, and Sandra was praying for this girl. And we are praying for this girl as a team. And, and she had these... Um, what do you call it? Cysts in her abdomen. She was seven, seven years old, six, seven years old. And as we were praying for her, we felt the Lord say to us, there's a spirit of fear here in her life. It's the spirit of fear that's the source of these cysts. And so we took authority over the spirit of fear and we could, I could feel like heaven and earth clashing. Heaven and hell clashing. And as I shared this, that there's fear here, the mom started to cry and weep. And then she told me that about three, four years ago, this child had a traumatic accident. And from that moment, this child has had terrible nightmares and fears and been tormented with fear. And so we commanded the fear to go. And you see the change. Then she smiled. Beautiful girl. Smiled. She was joyful, blessed. And then we said, test again. And she put in her fingers again there where all the cysts were. And they were all gone. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. He heals. Come on. Jesus heals. But he wants to heal us in our soul, spirit, and body. I feel there are some of us here that battle with nightmares and fears at night. Just quickly close our eyes. If that's you, just quickly raise your hand if you battle with fears and, and nightmares. Just quickly raise your hand. Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit here. Lord Jesus, we just welcome you. Okay, thank you for that hand. You can drop it again. Anybody else? I feel the Lord wants to set people free from darkness on their souls. Torment, torment, torment. Even as the Lord set this little girl free, Jesus wants to set you free. Amen. You may open your eyes again. We're going to pray into that later. I'm going to almost finish. I just want to share one or two two scriptures, then I'm finished. Then we're going to pray for people. Romans 10, 13. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say, whoever. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It means anyone can, anyone who calls, but that word saved, it means healed physically, delivered spiritually, and saved eternally. It's all encompassing. It's not just for one part or one aspect of our lives. It's for the whole being. Just say, it's for the whole being. It's for my whole being. And so we're going to trust the Lord to touch us in our spirits and soul and body. 
So 3 John 2. God takes something beautiful and he makes something beautiful out of, he makes something beautiful out of our mess. Look at this, 3 John 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So he's saying, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every aspect of your life and be in physical health, but it's dependent on your soul prospering. Your soul prospering. So I asked Rosie to just come and quickly share her, her story of what God did in her life. And I'm trusting that tonight as she shares the story that areas of death in your life will be impacted as well. Hi, everybody. Um, I just want to quickly introduce you to my husband, Alan. <laughs> this isn't only my story, it's our story. Um, for the first 14 years of our life, uh, of our married life, we've suffered eight miscarriages. Um, it was very traumatic. It was something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. But at the end... Of, the end of 2007 was my last miscarriage, and I was in such a terrible state of mind that I decided to try and take my life. So I took a whole box of sleeping tablets that were prescribed, which is a Schedule 7, and I went to bed that night. But God had other plans for me. He woke me up 2 o'clock in the morning, and I brought up every single sleeping tablet. Um, with that... My husband rushed me off to hospital, and I was placed into hospital, and I was diagnosed as being clinically depressed. And for five years thereafter, I was put on very strong medication for depression. And I was told if, if ever I try and come off these medication, I would have brain damage. So I thought, okay, and I've tried, and I, I fell back, and I fell back into hospital. And, well, I just decided that, okay, Lordy, this is my life. I'm going to accept it, I'm going to make the most of it, and I'm going to carry on with my life. And um, I signed up for a mission trip at the end of 2012, and in February 2013, we were doing some mission training. Andre was busy training us, and we, he called for a break. And before I could get up and have a cup of coffee, I just felt an incredible, incredible um, sharp pain. It felt like a hot rod hitting me right here in the center of my forehead and it was coming out at the back of my head at the base right here but it was such incredible burning hot feeling that I actually fell off my chair and Rion was there and Alan was there and they were asking me what's going on and I, I, it was so intense that I actually lost my eyesight and I just told the guys to keep praying for me and they prayed and then they just left me Okay, well, I carried on with the incredible pain. And then um, I was like, Jesus, you know, you've just got to come and help me, whatever's going on here. I don't know if this is migraines, but I can't take this anymore. And then it slowly started to ease off. And as it started easing off, Andre called us together, and I thought, okay, fine, my headache's going, whatever it may be. And I didn't think anything of it. Went off to missions to India, came back, and I thought, it's the end of March. I must actually renew my script. And I actually realized since that night, till the end of March, that was the beginning of February, till the end of March, I didn't take any of my medication. 
I clean forgot about it. And usually if I didn't take medication within a week, 12 days, I'd be back in hospital. And I realized that God came that night and actually put a hot rod through my head and fixed up whatever needed to be fixed up chemically in my brain. And I'm totally healed. And at the end of March, I'll be healed now for three years completely. And, and absolutely no brain damage. How awesome is God? Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. And Rosie and Ellen's worst, the, the death in their lives have now become a symbol of life and a symbol of hope to others. In other words, God can heal you as well. Her story is an invitation for you to experience freedom in your soul, in your heart, to be free if there's depression or a heaviness, a lack of joy. Jesus is alive. Let's say Jesus is alive. And he is here. He is here tonight. He is here tonight. Oh, we've had some amazing experiences over the, just the last few weeks of just praying for people, just laying hands on them and the power of God hitting them. I mean, the one guy, he couldn't be here tonight, but Sebastian, he came two weeks ago, three weeks ago to church. Didn't know the Lord, committed his life to Jesus. We prayed for him. He had one serious God encounter. And later that night, he WhatsApped me and said, Pastor... I feel like a new man. Isn't that beautiful? I feel like a new man. That's what Jesus does. He, 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 on the cross, he overcame death. He overcame sin. He overcame sickness. Revival flows forth from the cross of Christ. Revival flows forth from the cross of Christ. And we're going to pray that tonight, that the Lord's going to bring life to the areas of your being that there is or has been death. Amen.